Welcome to Design and Such, the podcast covering design, life, and, and the occasional rant. <laughs> the occasional rant. On this episode, we'll be covering why the heck we started this thing, uh, and you know, maybe a thing or two about design in the world around us. So let's get to it. Here we are, episode one of season one. Yeah, we're doing it. The beginning. Yes. Uh, I am your host, Matt. I'm your host, Zach. And uh, design and such. It's been uh, it's it's been about a year. We've been just chatting about this idea, starting a podcast, allowing our our voice to be heard in the big world of of the creative industry. Yeah, we just want to share our ideas, and I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there who share the similar ideas. Yeah, hopefully we're making a splash, and though. Hopefully this will will create some ripples. Or in at the least water. start a conversation. How about that? You know, I'd be okay with that. Start a conversation. Start <laughs> engagement. You know. Yeah, because I mean, the last thing we want to do is just create another creative <laughs> podcast, right? Um, but the the most important thing is our message is mainly about design in general of like everyday life or just throughout all different industries of design because yeah. design is influences us in so many ways so my background is primary video yeah i'm a videographer i'm a wedding videographer i'm also a commercial videographer too as well and you're a graphic designer yeah we've collaborated a lot on different things different um brands that i've worked on logos that i've created you've helped to animate them um little bits of art direction here and there for for commercials like you said um other things that i focus on are you know all areas of print design whether it be you know billboards postcards brochures yeah there's so many different there's so many little things different uh platforms and whatnot and we tend to also talk about this normally too as well and that's why we want to bring it bring it on to a podcast you know talk about hey this this popped up yesterday. This is what I would do differently, maybe, for this type of... It becomes design. a little inevitable it, it between us. Yeah. I mean, uh, so uh, my, my wife, I, I will admit, gets a little jealous sometimes because Zach and I are on the phone constantly. My fiance does as well. Uh, just chatting about uh, random things, and it's so easy for us to have like an hour and a half conversation yep. just slip away uh, from us. But, you know, that's kind of what you get when you have such a huge passion for what you do and i mean you also have like a lot of stuff going on all at once as well yes and um right now i'm uh, full-time at a, a company that i'm a digital media specialist and on the side i have my own business now but i guess this could be also a platform you can see me how i uh yeah. how i grow into getting to that business and make it a full-time thing because that's nice awesome side too. outlet for everything yes yeah and I think that's really important, especially because we just want to, like you said, start conversations. Yeah. So because there is a lot of, there are obviously a lot of voices out there in the world today when it comes to the creative industry. It can be overwhelming at times. There, yeah. And, and, you know, there's just so much out there. There's so much out there. And I think that we'll, we'll definitely be talking about this here and there throughout the episodes. But I guess one of the, the largest uh, points of conversation stems from social media and how 
creativity makes its way onto social media, sometimes it dies on social media, right? There's so many pros and cons to social media. And we just went through a whole decade of the birth of it, essentially. Yeah. And now we're in this new decade. How's it going to change? How are we going to adapt to it? Or, you know, how's it going to affect our society? Yeah. Um, it also can at times influence trends. It can, you know, it can also affect design sometimes too as well. Yeah. And it's really interesting because, um, you know, out of all the profiles that I follow on um, these different platforms, there's one individual in particular that I think of when it comes to like all this creativity being put out there. Because it is a place where you can sort of feel, you can, you can kind of feel like you're not good enough right? Like the work you're putting out there isn't really worthy of being shared just based on engagement, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, the stuff that they put out, sometimes that is definitely an effect that happens Mm -hmm. to this person. Um, and I mean, look, the person has thousands of followers, right? Right. Um, which isn't really a qualifier, but you know, our listeners can relate. They've of course followed so many thousands of yeah, I, I think it's it's an interesting phenomenon that happens where you're expecting, like, oh, I'm going to get so many likes, right? But it doesn't really matter. I think we, we can agree on that. Right. It may seem like, oh, if I get this many followers or I get this many subscribers or this many likes, then right. I'll be, you know, happy. Yeah. Or, But I, I think you need to be able to be happy about your work. Yeah, so anyways, this this person will put up a logo or an icon that they've made. It's kind of within their wheelhouse. And then they'll take it down in 20 minutes. And then they'll either repost it or they'll just let it go. And because it only got so much engagement. Yeah, they're insecure about if it's was it good enough. Did people even like it? But then maybe I'll... Yeah, we post a different type of. So then it kind of raises the question: Well, was it was it good enough to begin with? Right. Like, did they were they feeling so confident about it that it was that easy for them to just delete it? Right. You know, um, I mean, I I've definitely felt the same way, but I've never taken something down because of that. Um, I've taken things down where maybe there was a small detail that I needed to adjust that was oh. just a simple oversight. Me, I'm taking it down because <laughs> my grammar is not the best. <laughs> oh, so. no. And I, I think we're all guilty of that. Yeah. I mean, I am very guilty of that. I, I actually read my anything I post up twice, at least. Twice. Well, I may read it three times, but then that's when uh, I'll, I'll I have help from my fiance. <laughs> just to like make sure that I'm using it correctly. Like I, I am flooded with self-doubt so the key is again like this person put it up then deleted it either they're insecure about it wasn't good enough did it but they weren't confident enough yeah i I think it's a confidence thing i really do it's it's not the content although i will say sometimes the content that they post isn't like top notch it doesn't match the quality but they're still growing of course you know yeah, I mean, they, they've been in the industry for a while, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they have work that stems back for years, like professional work. Yes. Um, 
but I, you know, I think it's it's the it's sort of stemming from an area of a. I think it's stemming from a, a pressure to to push out content. Yeah, being consistent. Right, because <clears throat> that's what being consistent and being frequent too. Yes. Yeah. Because that is one of the you know factors that goes into like if you yeah. want to get those followers or subscribers, you want you need to at least be somewhat on a consistent basis. So. So is there this line? What do you mean by line? So a line between the quality and uh, so like out there. what actually? How where do we meet that? You know? Yeah. Um, I think it's about going with your gut, honestly. I it's always fascinating to me to see the different styles out there. Um, everyone has uh, a different standard um or little details that they pay attention to over someone else right um so for me like a lot of my work is type driven um and pairing certain elements together someone else might be more focused on color with shapes right um someone else might be just type someone else might be lettering um so i think that everyone's sort of standard of what has to be met you know it it, it varies uh, but I think what what's important is to sort of like trust your instinct. Okay. Um, and there seems to be a big, also a big push, not only for like posting frequently, right. but following trends. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, yeah. So like from my area, right, there's a lot on badges, right? Using badges as logos. So uh, badges logos. were the thing to make for logos. Yeah. And I think they still are in a big way. Um, you know, it it's easily applied to a lot of different things, right? A lot of stuff you can put badges on. Mm-hmm. It looks great almost everywhere, right. but the, the issue lies within it doesn't always fit that company's brand. Okay. So are you just creating a badge and right. putting it out there uh, because it looks cool? Right. Um, but doesn't fit the client or customer, their, sure. their brand. yeah. Uh, and and that that's the big question that you need to figure out is like does it actually tackle a problem is it providing a solution or is it just something that looks cool because you as the designer are seeing it put out everywhere right and the thing that i like your work for is you put so much emphasis also into the typeface you know that's a big part of it exactly and are there any trends for for typeface out there do you oh, think they, yeah, they're slapped sure. around maybe too often yeah yeah and i mean like a, a really popular one to use as an example is helvetica right mm-hmm. it's become this like it, and it, it is a very functional typeface it um you know the the weights are are such that it works really well in small sizes and large sizes um more recently, I think it's uh, Montserrat, right? Which is a it's on, it's not a Google font, I don't think. Let me let me see here if it if it actually is a Google font. We're we're looking it up. As well, we speak. as you look it up, I mean, I I definitely agree. Um, I've seen it when I'm creating, you know, websites for either Wix or Squarespace. Yeah. So it's not a Google font, but I've seen it. You know, even. With WordPress templates, they're they're pushing out, which is great that they push it out to the average, um, maybe just not the average, but like the person who's trying to put their business out there, yeah, and make totally. it easy for them, yeah, to you know make it clean. Well, I guess I should clarify: it is on Google, but it is not from Google. It's not from Google. Yeah, okay. it, they have 
it seems three designers, four, four designers that created that font. Um, well, one that I know that you've used, and it works really well for your brand as a videographer. Well, yeah, for now, until I, you know, experiment and push on to as well. Yeah, as you evolve. Yes. Right, is uh, Gotham. Yeah, Gotham. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I have my thoughts on Gotham, but what are your? You have fun. Uh, fun. So you have thoughts on. I, Gotham. I think again, it relates to again because I'm not because it's so clean. Yeah. It 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 works too. It advantage. It's clean. Sure. It's symmetrical. You know, mm-hmm. very to the point. Well, I know you only use one weight of it, so exactly. I, well, I use like two, but like it's yeah. yeah you primarily use what bold, medium, demi, Me- medium, medium, I medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what the different styles of that one are. What the different weights are, but I think it is what regular, medium. I don't even think there's a demi. Is there a semi bold? Not that I have. Not that you have, okay, or use. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's mainly like light or medium. Yeah, but I know you're not feeling as attached to Gotham as you used to. You used to be feeling like really, and I would agree, like you've definitely evolved away from using that as a typeface, mm-hmm. um, which is just finding or creating that whatever that next typeface is right. for your your personal brand. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but again, like that's, you know, I think it worked for you. It is currently, uh, or it was at least, a very trendy typeface for a lot of companies, even when it's not their primary, like the typeface that they're supposed to be using for their brand. It's very interesting to me. uh, Well, that's where it helps that, again, having you come in as an outsider perspective. Yeah. You learn about the story of their company, mm-hmm. and then you describe them maybe in a couple phrases, yeah. you know, words, and that's to the point of them. And then you can take that. This is just based on what I've learned from you. You take that, and then you can put it towards creating a concept that is them. Sure. So. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's very easy to sort of fall into using a trendy font. Right. Um, or one that has is so widely known for being a good font because you just want to have something good for like an advertisement or something. Right. Um, because you're also looking at just the present and now. Yeah. So it's so hard to like look at like the potential of like from years from now. How is this gonna look? Yeah. Is this gonna look us still, or is it is it representing us right now and and us in the future for maybe the next couple of years? Yeah. Until we have to refresh or something. Well, so a brand that I think does really good with staying um, relevant to their brand is IBM. Um, I mean, they've had the same logo, the same identity for years. And I think they give it like little bits of evolution. Plus, they're, here they're a really old company too as well. You know? Right. But with other old companies, you'll notice that they evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, they will sort of like rebrand. Um, but with IBM, I mean, Paul Rand, everyone knows who Paul Rand is. He is a fantastic designer. Um, I should say the late Paul Rand. Uh, but he uh, sort of set the standard for a lot of designers to, you know, create something that, that truly matters and that can stand the test of time. And with IBM, he created the system that really kind of stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it truly did. They, like, the practices are still in use today. Um, I don't know 
a whole lot about it, but I do know from the little bit that I have seen and have read that, um, you know, they don't really follow trends, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I think maybe there was a one point in time where it maybe has been influenced by a trend or two, Um, but all in all, the brand has really remained intact. And I think that's really telling to, you know, having having a designer and making that investment in your brand Mm -hmm. and and in the design work that sort of relates to and is a visual represent representation of your brand Mm -hmm. um but you've also talked to me a bit about like video and like trends that really bother you there's a lot of trends in video what's the one Um, it's uh the i'm gonna say the wrong thing so forgive me but the zoom so there's like a there's like a warp zoom transition warp zoom, where like it. you know yeah. or like a, a circle zoom in yeah. transition that you're basically like immediately zoomed into a next shot which is it can be effective at times but like I think but it's not that it's not that one size fits all right sort of I, I think um I think a couple of years from now like we're gonna look back and like was, is it still effective maybe right. maybe but. I think it's can, can be overdone at times. I think more exciting videos, it can be used. But I, again, this goes back to even just when you're doing your own concept in a process for you know graphic design and branding, it's the same thing can be said for video. You're going to have to you know go to the company's brand and, or just your own story and your own uh, style. And you have to think, is this, is this really going to support the story? The story for my my section of like the video is more king and everything because that has to basically be prominent for the viewer to actually watch it. So like um, wedding videos, um, as I'm still learning how to do wedding videos and film them and everything, three years in, I definitely know that the story should be, of course, representing the couple. Yeah. Like you shouldn't have like a this couple is more somber and and they're a little bit more uh, romantic type. Their viewership is mainly their family. They're, they want to share it with their family. And like, how, how, how weird it is if, if the family is viewing this and like, that's not really you guys, right? Yeah. Like, what's... And I've definitely noticed that. I mean, not, not just with wedding videos because they want to make it seem like a big party, right? right? But like with uh, YouTube, right? Yeah, there's so many vloggers out there that that want to like push in the trends of the EDM. It's you know, that like, opener, like we're here to have a good time. It's effective, you know, now yeah. and everything, but will be effective a couple years. I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think it's, it's going to be like interesting to see how the styles change. So like you probably have seen like pictures of yourself from years ago where it's like, I can't believe I dress like that, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't believe I wore jorts. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> I wore jorts and my fiance does not stop talking about it. No, she doesn't, but it's okay. We've grown from this, right? We've grown from that experience. But I think that I wonder if it's going to be the same. Like, do you think it's going to be the same with like, uh, like looking back on old videos and being like, Oh man, I can't believe we use those. uh, What it was a trend at the time, right? I can't believe we use those kinds of transitions. Oh, definitely for now. Like, just the transitions, but also the style of like, it, it seems like today, like there's maybe an overwhelming feeling of cinematic means sure. slow motion. Yeah. And oh, I think yeah. slow motion can be done. Every good shot. Bit. There are some that we look at 
and we'll like Zach and I like are constant communication and uh, you'll send me a link of like a highlight video yes. and every shot is in slow motion. Yeah, it could be done, and but it kills me. I think you need to be able to to. Well, yeah, I, uh, the might get bored after a while. I think it's, it's too bit, much redundancy. It's like over romanticizing. You know, not not that it's not a special day, but like like you're saying, like capturing the person. Yeah, the but personality. I'm also a person that does maybe overuse slow motion as well myself. Because it's an it's, easy thing to fall into. It is though. an easy thing to fall into. But it's like you catch yourself though. That's the thing. Right. You catch yourself when you're doing it, right. and you will even go back into the video and make that edit. Right. So where I don't think a lot of I don't I don't want to make that assumption, but I think a, a fair amount. Yeah. of videographers would not go back in because it just looks good. Right. And it and it does, but every shot? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's every shot. You don't I think you're right though. It needs to be diversified, I think too as well. <laughs> yeah. You need you need different shots in there. You need more some more fast moving stuff. For example, like people I view, like you talked about, you know, the designer you follow sure. and who who has definitely a lot of trends like there's people I've learned from Scott McKenna or Matt Johnson. But those are two, like, definitely, you can tell differently. They have different styles. Kind of like your influences. Right, right. I mean, there's one video that I was like, wow, Matt Johnson did mostly, he did some slow motion, but he did a lot of, like, quick cuts and everything that made it feel exciting still at the same time and not boring. Yeah. But trends in everyday design, I feel like, it's everywhere. Yes. So those those two videographers that you just gave a shout-out to, you want to give them an official... Design yeah, go go <laughs> go follow Scott McKenna and Matt Johnson for everyday you know wedding videos or just everyday tips on. on Do they have special uh, usernames or handles, or is it just pretty straightforward? I think it's pretty straightforward. You click in Scott McKenna, you click in Matt Johnson. You should be able to to follow them on YouTube, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn. I know that cool. Scott McKenna is big on LinkedIn, so because that's also a social media platform that's getting. I guess more raw than being professional. It's still professional, but like it still is getting better at catering towards like more casual, more casual stuff. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Raw, personal. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You mentioned YouTube. That's another area where there's a lot of trendiness, and we talked about like how the vloggers, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's another thing that we've kind of talked about. Like, is there too much content out there? Yeah, like, when is enough, like, vloggers or enough followers or subscribers? Like, you see, you know, sure. some YouTubers have, like, a million subscribers. Yeah. And then you have some, you have different tiers of all these, you know, vloggers and everything. Yeah, so we talk about, like, trends being a hard thing to, mm-hmm. like, sort of battle with. But, like, just even, like, people that are out there trying to be influencers or right. whatever it is. Right. <laughs> Candy, I hate that term, influencers. I think but, it's just, yeah, it goes down to like what your goal is. Like, yeah. I think both of us agree that we like to have more inspirational type of outlets or mm-hmm. more people to follow that are in our industry and look at different ideas yeah. and ways to look I at I also stuff. enjoy looking outside of the industry too, though. Right. Like, um, it's a fresh perspective. Um, I, there, there's a, a magazine I follow. It's a affordable housing magazine or whatever it's called. 
and um, they have some like really cool shots in there. And sometimes I can draw some visual inspiration from that. That helps me push my work along whenever I might be running into a roadblock or not an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to to accomplish that if you're only looking for inspiration in the industry that you're in. Um, because I think there's an interesting um, there's, there's an interesting thing about uh, what's like known as creative block, mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of a lot of people in the creative industry use that as an excuse to kind of put off their work mm-hmm. and go do something else. But you know, finding another outlet to work around it, I like to think about it as an obstacle. So like a creative obstacle instead of a creative block, right? Not a full stop, but working through it and finding a different way to go through, under, around, over, whatever it might be to find that solution. Oh, I've dealt with this too as well. Yeah. This creative block that you're like, can I can I still do it or not? <laughs> right. You know, so, we've, but all, that's ex- what I'm we've all experienced that yeah. though. So like, like it's so easy to just turn to your industry and see like what's everyone else all right now i'll do that now i'll do that right exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and so i think it's really interesting you kind of don't end up finding your own voice that way or even saying true to your voice you kind of lose your voice yeah um and i mean you've told me on multiple occasions a lot of videographers that you follow um or photographers or other creative people Right. Um, they're all saying the same thing in their biographies. They're all talking about their work the same way. Um, I Even looking back on photos from three years ago, you know, there's definitely been a stylistic choice that has shifted to a different sort of mood. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where it was like using desaturated photos or popping a certain color and Greenness, everything else yeah. is grayscale. But I think what really stands out long term is kind of like really applying your style, applying who you are to a certain brand, or if you're a company, like allowing your brand, the personality, your mission really shine through in all the creative decisions that you make for all your work. Right. Um, and that's something that it, it's hard to do, but like when you can actually turn to achieving that and like owning it, really, it's, it's really about owning your work because you might be doing something that, you know, might not seem cool. At the moment, know, no. At the moment. But you're still trying to cheat. You're still achieving what the message should be yeah so um but i i think that it's a really strong message to kind of get across especially to like up and coming designers because there are a lot of super talented designers that i follow Mm -hmm. like local and otherwise that i think they pay too much attention to what they're what they're not doing or what they think they should be doing but it's in fact like what they are already doing that they should really just be honing in on right, and right. finding their own library of what they're good at. Yeah, I just met a, a local videographer yesterday and I'm gonna be second shooting for him for a wedding. Yeah. This is like his like second wedding video. Oh yeah, I remember you talking but about But it's great to know like, hey, he's looking for me for some advice. But 
I've seen his demo reel. I think, hey, he has everything correct right now. He yeah. has the colors great. Um, and his, it's not his so style much... is pretty good. Yeah, you yeah. Know, he he has a diverse portfolio, but he's a little, of course, nervous about like it's a wedding video. You know, it's a wedding. Am I going to meet my standards sometimes? Yeah. But I think he it. Like you just said, I think if you just focus on what you do well, yeah, and harness that while still learning. So yeah, with that, you know, thanks everyone for sort of tuning in to our first episode. Yeah, we hope to put you know out episodes every so often, whether it's biweekly or monthly, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, we really do want to hear from everyone that's listening in. So if you want to hear a particular topic covered or a subject, yeah. or maybe you saw something you think it's super cool, we'll we'll give our thoughts on it. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we just want to start essentially maybe engagement or a conversation. That'd be awesome. And we hope to have a few guests on here. Uh, we already have a few lined up yep. from not, not just within, you know, a creative industry, but, you know, people that use design in different ways around the world to sort of accomplish a mission or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so with that, you know, go follow us on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, it should be Design Such Podcasts. I know Twitter's got some, uh, they're a little more strict about their usernames and handles. Uh, but go go search for us, like us, follow us, whatever the term is, us. Um, send us your questions and, uh, you know, comment, whatever it is. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Yeah, until next time. <laughs>